you guessed it, Pressure Points with your two favorite hosts. I'm Lil D. This is Big AJ. We're hitting you with season three, episode 22, the season finale. It's the Mohawk Resistance. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Points O Pressure. Strap in, it's a good one. You know I'm Big AJ with those three inches. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, we made it through another Welcome season. Back. We yeah, well, not yet. We still Almost. got about thirty minutes to go. Oh uh, no, we I have can, about I can we have about ten minutes to go. <laughs> <laughs> Just a real short one. Yeah, we got a lawyer uh, in the studio once again today. Yep, of course. We even plugged in the microphone yeah. for him. What's up, motherfuckers? We've got All a right. live. Watch tweet. your language. Uh, yeah, we've got yeah, a live tweet. Issue. Just sitting, waiting for. Uh, for <laughs> Carolyn, Caroline Giuliani to reach out to us, so we'll see. We'll see. If you're uh, hearing I, this and you're intrigued, retweet us. Yeah. Help your boys out. Please. And uh, I see you've got your, your laptop open. I think you're doing some <laughs> online bidding. I think I was doing that at the beginning of the season, Bono, so like, it's Bono been wants to biddy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Dee's trying to get a... An iPad Air. Yeah, you're just jealous because I got drawing. a drawing. I am now. Little yeah. iPad. Originally, oh. it was one of those things that I was like, mm, whatever. But now I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. depressed as fuck. I should probably find ways of get that serotonin by spending myself. money. Yeah, by wasting money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so it's... I'm just sitting. So if at any point I just rage yell, that's because somebody outbid me. You're gonna be, and an I'm outbid, not I'm going sure. to outbid them. You should. I'm probably going to. I know. I hate you. I why know. would you why would you introduce me to this? I life? love eBay. You bitch. Oh, I'm off lot of it. All right. I hate it. So I was originally planning to really phone in this last episode. <laughs> I know you were. And then you had talked about yeah. it a couple weeks ago. He was like, I'm gonna lock in and do some fucking aliens again because Stone D ruined my good alien episode. No, no, no. And I was like, sorry, but what you got? Well, I I was originally going to do just like a whole bit, a whole extra long episode on why Canadians are really assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But the first thing that I really stumbled across just was itself a full episode. And it's only one event of why Canadians are assholes. So I'm thinking of doing this long-term series. Every once in a while, I'll throw in a new Canadians being assholes episode. (laughs) So was this... (laughs) Because you would watch Letterkenny and you were just like, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody on there is nice. Except for, uh, except for uh, the. Uh, fucking douchebag. Uh, what the f- what's the term? The D-Gens from, yes. uh, from Quebec. Yeah. But it started off, of course, on Reddit. It was just a picture of a girl holding a smaller girl bleeding out of her chest. <laughs> bleeding through her shirt. Jeez. And that's kind of where this all started. So uh, I'll give a little bit of a background. I'm going to assume that just about everybody knows how indigenous people across the Americas have been treated for the past 500 years. Um, So we're going to skip past quite a bit of that (laughs) until 1959, year of our Lord. The town of Oka in Quebec approved the development of a private nine-hole golf course over a portion of land that was disputed between the town and the local Mohawk people. Okay. It's a pretty shitty situation already. Over the past 100 years or so... What? Hold on. Wait a minute. You mean Native Americans don't like it when they have golf courses on their land? This isn't Native Americans. Native Canadians? Indigenous peoples. Indigenous peoples. First Nations? 
I don't know. I, it's, but, I mean, it's I North America. Like, I, yeah, I apologize if that was like insensitive to say Native Americans. <clears throat> I don't know. It, we, I, I feel like society's kind of moving away from Native American. Oh, okay. so it's, Indigenous it's people, then. It's pretty common for them to not like Native Americans because the guy America's named after was like German. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah My mistake, sense. I apologize, Indigenous people. Thank you, lawyer. Yes. Keeping us on the straight and narrow. Thank you, actually. Yeah, I appreciate that. I would not have known otherwise. Um, so they, over the past hundred years or so, their land started at 165 square kilometers. And by 1959, it was to six. Oh. So it had been, you know, oh, chipped boy. away for a while. So they were really trying to hold on to what they had left. The golf course was set to be built adjacent to an active burial ground that had been active for over a hundred years continuously. Oh, jeez. And that the Mohawk like community said, "Solid golfing." If I'm yeah, being honest, it's yeah. it's some poltergeist shit. Yeah, the ghosts will certainly help you out on the ninth hole. Yes, yeah. God. So the the Mohawk community in the area filed a suit, and it failed, of course. So they went ahead with construction, and they built a golf course and a uh, parking lot directly adjacent to their sacred burial ground. Oh God. Already terrible. Oh, and this is the God. first bullet point of my notes. Oh, Jesus. Like, I'm out of touch, but even I know. That's taking <laughs> that's, it a little too far. That's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. I'm extremely self-absorbed, but not that self-absorbed. Yeah. This area, it was called the Pines, and obviously it had a ton of pine trees. And beautiful wilderness area. So for this private golf course, they just bulldozed it. <laughs> bulldozed a huge portion oh of the area God. into the disputed land that at one time was like the the promised native who oh, almost indigenous person land promised from the government that they've just been chipping away so awful in 1977 so almost two decades later um the the indigenous mohawk people <laughs> <laughs> nice little gulp there by the way no, i heard that glug <laughs> the 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 <laughs> mohawk community <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell oh that was solid in today's asmr <laughs> well it's not even gonna make it in solid. i'm sure oh all right well they in 1977 the mohawk community filed an official land claim with the office of native claims but it was rejected after they had already funded it for failing to meet legal criteria oh who would have guessed surprise Awful. surprise in 1989, the golf club announced their plans to almost double in size. Oh, my God. It was approved by the town without consulting the indigenous people or taking any environmental or historic preservation reviews at all. So, initially, you said that the land itself was 155 65. square... 165 square mm -hmm. kilometers, and they had shifted... Like, their, their golf course was... Large enough that it took up 159. No, 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 no. Oh, I Over thought, the 100 I thought, years, it, I it had been chipped away. I, I thought you were saying that. Just that the golf course. That's a like, huge golf course. I was like, course. and they're doubling in size. 100 square kilometer golf course. Are you fucking kidding course. me? I was like, Jesus. No, no. That's just over time it had been chipped down quite Tiger a bit. Tiger Woods is just jerking off in the corner. <laughs> well, oh, he's doing that golf anyway. Course. Yeah, on to prostitutes. What a, <laughs> what a great guy. Best husband, on Oh, I'm opinion. sure. Um, so they, yeah, they basically went without any checks, without, like, it's a big deal nowadays, at least, obviously this was in 1989, but nowadays if you want to build something, you have to have it reviewed for environmental damages, like, for the impact you're going to have in the environment, which kind of makes sense, 
especially in, you know, native <laughs> sacred land. <laughs> what? No. No. That's Never. crazy. So they, after some protests, um, the construction was slowed down, but the court ruled in favor of the developers, and the, the developers announced that the remainder of the area of the pines would be completely cleared to make 18 new holes and 60 God. condos. Jesus So Christ. more than doubling in size now, because it was nine holes, now it's up to 18, plus 18. the original nine, plus, plus 60 oh condos. God. And the court, like, no contest said, yeah, they're fine, they can do what? this. Yeah. Oh, it's no Jesus. problem. Jesus. I, like, I just, I can't, I would be such an angry indigenous person. Like, I would be oh. so fucking mad just all wait. the time. Just and wait. I don't blame them. Oh, yeah, not at all. Not not at all. Ugh, like uh, Leonard Pel- Peltier, that kind of thing. Have you have you ever heard of that stuff? You told me a little bit about oh, it. And totally I worth a watch. just glanced through like an article, but I do want to do an episode on it. I've oh, got it off to the side. I'd love to. We should do a mix. We that should. Be That'd be good. So I love talking about these issues mm-hmm. because I feel like one of the first steps to actually confronting this 500-year-old problem is getting it out in the open and talking about it. You know, bringing it to light in yeah. a way. So I, I like talking about this kind of stuff, even though it's completely horrible. So the mayor's office at that time was completely unwilling to discuss anything about this, which this mayor is an asshole. Because I'm guessing they've made their decision already. Yeah. And e- even people of the town, like just regular people in the town were like, I don't want this. This is yeah. huge and shitty from this small town in Quebec. Oh, like, God. we don't want this. And the mayor... The mayor's office was not having any of it. Jesus. So it's it's just just wonderful. Let me scroll down in my notes here a little bit. In response, rightfully, some people in the Mohawk community made a barricade to block access to the construction area that they were going to bulldoze and tear down all the trees and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, a court pretty quickly said, you have to take that down. They said, fuck you. Another order came through. You have to take that down. They said, fuck you. And at this time, just construction equipment was just coming towards the barricade. God. And then just being stored there because they're like, as soon as these people go, we can just go. Jesus. And so uh, the police were called, of course, to disperse these damn protesters going against the court. How dare they? How dare they? How dare? Yeah. They're literally their sacred burial ground was in this land that was going to be bulldozed, by the way. Yeah. So they um, started launching tear gas and concussion grenades. They just started committing war crimes. Yeah. And... Well, see, what's different is in this case, <laughs> the Mohawk people began to shoot back with them with live rounds. Oh, shit. They were ready. They, they had amassed, they had an armory and they had some money and some, and some weapons. God damn. Thank goodness, because this, this could have turned out so much, so much worse. So it, it was about a 15 minute gunfight. When the police pulled back, uh, one nice. cop ended up dying. A oh. lot of them were shot, but they had bulletproof vests. This Jesus. guy got shot through the armpit, where his bulletproof vest didn't cover. <laughs> Damn, logs were fucking locked in. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. They're um, they yeah. These were these were the warriors. I'm, their, in, I'm impressed. Good groups. for them. It gets better. Let's see. So yeah, the, it was 30 people during this gunfight. It was 30. Uh, Mohawk in the local community. How many cops? Uh, they didn't, didn't say. say. It was it was a rapid response task unit, task force unit, or something like that. So it was a decent amount. Yeah. 
It's not like so, yeah. seven dudes show up. It's They've got quite a bit. After the exchange, pretty quickly, the number grew to 70 indigenous people. Oh. They took all of the like construction equipment and crushed the cop cars and added it to the Fuck barricade. yeah. So oh now they have like, like a metal crushed barricade. I love this. That's it's badass. really cool. It's when really badass. This? Uh, 1990. Okay. Damn. Yeah. That's great. Let's see. So um, at the peak of kind of the most amount of people on this barricade, it grew to 600. Ooh. So like that, that's not, not a small amount of people. Yeah. Considering the, they started with what? 30? 30. Yeah. 30. Geez. And then after the first, the first gunfight, it became 70. Good on. So the nearby indigenous communities all over began to communicate with like radios and sirens and air raid sirens and stuff. And then uh, indigenous people from all over Canada and the U.S. traveled to the barricade to to join the people. And that's and it grew hugely. It just got bigger and bigger. This reminds me a lot of uh, what happened. Was it South Dakota? Like In the, with a pipeline? Yeah. Yeah. Where originally it was just a handful of people and everyone found out about it. Obviously, this was in 2016. Yeah. But in 1990, the fact that like. 600 people come to some dumpy little town in Quebec and they're like, yo, we'll back you up. That's yeah. big. Yeah, it's a huge deal. The camaraderie really exploded. They Because they started off feeling very alone and isolated with 30 dudes with some, you know, yeah, semi-automatic like guns against people. Protecting their sacred land, yeah. Yeah, it really became this, this uh, it became a symbol after this this event. Especially for there, there was an anarchist who who wrote about it, about how saying this is the way to do it. Yeah. But I'll, I'll get into that later. Um, so after this, the police began to restrict access to the area. They blocked roads. They blocked bridges, because they they didn't have a ton of people you know, on, like on the force. This is in the buckass Quebec, from what I can tell. <laughs> Quebec. <laughs> um, but because of the the like blockades that the police were setting up, non-native commuters started to be shitty to the native people because they were blaming them for blocking the roads, oh, not the police God. for blocking the Like, it's so it's stupid. It's just like total st- ridiculous and unnecessary misinformation on it. Yeah, it was, the police are blocking this bridge, which is the only way to really get out of this town. The police wouldn't have to block this it, bridge yeah. if you weren't blocking your sacred land. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> if the assholes that made their stupid golf course mm-hmm. hadn't made that on sacred land then these people wouldn't be blocking your precious road which causes the police to block your precious road so maybe you should worry about city legislation no 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 surprise no, no. surprise crazy holding the mayor down accountable to your fucking community christ I hate this shit. It oh, makes me it. so mad. I know. That's why I did this. Oh, my God. Like, Stupid. when people get mad about that shit, it's just like, you do realize that you have the power to change these things. I'm like, you're a resident in your town. I wasn't expecting to get so passionate on this episode <laughs> today. Continue. I'm sorry. All right. Rant over. Racism begins. For Christ's sake. Worse If you want something ever. to change in your community, make the effort to fucking change it. Yeah. Go to those city council things but they're boring i don't give a shit i know fuck fuck sorry continue okay let me continue we'll talk about the the broken local uh local government system but of course a bunch of racism started to show up people would burn like effigies of these native warriors 
Um, they would call them savages. There was some asshole on the radio who kept bringing up how they don't even speak French. <laughs> like, not understanding <laughs> God, how ironic what? that is. What the fuck? They don't even speak our chosen language for their native land. You yeah, like idiot. shitty <laughs> assholes. They don't even speak French. Fucking hell. So, a uh, really <laughs> interesting part is the the warriors started to move on blockades. In fact, they ended up controlling the bridge blockade. I think it's called the the Mercier or the Mercier Mercier. I don't know. I just don't speak French. Mercury. We'll say the the Mercier bridge, and they they ended up controlling it, like intimidating the cops to leave, like pushing the cops further and further back. Yeah. Wow. The the no man's land between the main barricade and the cops was a, a kilometer and a half. And originally they were like backs up against the gate. Yeah. Wow. So they, they started to actually like advance and take over other blockades. Like, <laughs> yeah. like they were effective. They Hell yeah. The level of camaraderie and communication that they had was top tier over the police. Um, so at this point, the local government called in the military. Um, the prime minister at the time said, no, we're not going to call in the military, but because of some, some event, uh, like a couple decades before where a local government went over the prime minister to call in the military, they were, they had the precedent so they could. So they went over the prime minister and said, no, let's not do that. That's awful. So the, the, uh, the military started to kind of get deployed. The police, yeah, they, they all started to lose the local police lost control of the barricades they kind of fragmented. A lot of people just stopped going to work, which, oh, oh, boo-hoo. We're so sorry. God. The the Mounties were deployed, you know, the RCMP. Yeah, the yeah. Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the Mounties were deployed, <laughs> but they were completely forbidden from using any kind of force. Oh, okay. So which it was is great. It was mean, and I... That's the way police get, should I'm be. I'm not going to get angry Don't get again. angry. But for Christ's sakes, that's how it should be, is that it's not you're going in there dick swinging. To beat the shit out of these people. It's that you are – like my idea of what it should be is that you are a moderator for situations like that. You walk in and you say, hey, maybe we should stop the violence here. We'll settle our differences through non-gunfire and figure out where's the problem lie. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, you have an issue. I'm, I'm a biased shoot you waste, in the face. I'm a biased racist white man. Actually, I'm gonna take the side of these police officers are getting shot at. It's like no. Yeah. Uh, so so you know, at least the Mounties did something right. Yeah. They they upheld. It's nice their to thing. hear that like they actually came in and they were like, okay, we're just gonna stand in the middle of this. Let's figure it out. Don't shoot us. We won't shoot you. They won't shoot us. Let's figure it out. Um, oh, and I meant to mention this during the the rise in the racism. A lot of like elderly people, women and children, that kind of thing were allowed to leave through the blockades. Um, but because of all the shit that was happening, people would like throw rocks at their cars. God. Or a lot of them were just walking because they didn't even have cars. Because yeah. obviously like there's a huge problem with poverty on reservation land. But um one one guy, he was in the 70s, he got hit by a rock in the chest, sent him into cardiac arrest, and he oh died my God. for trying to leave the situation because oh, he was already sick. Jesus. Fucking I assholes. Fucking hate it. Yeah, I think, I think there were only two people who ended up dying through this. 
somehow. I mean, even with active gunfire. I'm glad I'm that glad. it was only two people, but it's also really fucking unfortunate that two people died over. Yeah. Over this. Because this shouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Mounties uh, were quickly overwhelmed. The the uh, Mohawk community were like, no, you, you we're not stopping now. You guys are being shits. And because they couldn't use force, they just left, essentially. Oh. The the Mounties were like, okay, we're not going to do this. So at, at this point, they were kind of the before the, the military arrives force. Oh, so I see. So now the they military like, gets deployed. So Mounties show up to say, hey, let's calm our titties, figure this out, or else big boy guns are showing up and this is going to become what was or should have been a non-issue. Now big old issue. Yeah. They, 2,500 troops were deployed. They very quickly took over the old police blockades. Um, they, they would send aircraft over the tribal land for, to gather intelligence. Like, they were dicks out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The no man's land was reduced from one and a half kilometers to five meters. Tensions were extremely high. Oh, God. So they just kept pushing them further and further back. Yeah, the tensions were extremely high, but no shots were exchanged. That's good. Uh, let's see. Eventually, there was a surrender and a stand down negotiated, basically because they still controlled the bridge. The the Mohawk people still controlled the bridge, and the the local government was like, "Bruh, you actually have something on us now. It's not just a forest that we don't give a shit about. It's like that's a bridge. Yeah, that's a big deal. We need that opened. So so there was a, a stand down negotiated." Where basically the military would kind of back away and let the Mohawk people go. And then they would go into negotiations for what's going to happen with the land. I don't trust it. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, people started running because they were were basically told, yeah, you can like it's a stand down. Go, go back to your homes, go back to wherever you came from and we'll figure this out. Construction isn't going to continue until we get it negotiated, but you're good to go and we won't do anything. Mm. And then people, anytime someone would run in front of one of these military dudes, they get tackled and the shit kicked out of them. God. Of course. So Jesus Christ. Yeah, people, people were fleeing. They were being arrested left and right. Um, they were, the military was violating their stand down because they would set up like uh, <laughs> flares that were activated when, like if someone was running through the forest it would activate one of these flares and then the military would deploy motorized vehicles to that area oh my to God. track down the people trying to run away. Even though they that was part of the deal was you don't get to arrest us for this. Yeah. Like That's we are defending so our land. Ridiculous. Um, a, a lot of people were, were injured and just got that shit kicked out of them from, from this kind of garbage. Let's see. I've got one here. One man served a six-year sentence for his part protesting this. Um... But the three officers who beat him while he was incarcerated and handcuffed were, were never charged. Never charged. Because they had retired by the, ta- by the time the case was ruled. Jesus. They were no longer in the police force. Um, yeah, lots of people were un- unlawfully Jesus assaulted and there, there was never a court case for a lot of this stuff. Something good did come out of this. The golf course was canceled and the land was purchased by the federal government. Well, uh, the developers well. said, we're not going to sell this until they tear down that barricade. And the federal government said, you can either sell it to us or we're taking it. Yeah. 
Well, that's good. <laughs> so they they gave him some basically hush money, which they shouldn't have gotten. Yeah. It was over. It was like three million dollars or five million dollars, something Christ. crazy, more than it should have been. But the they left the barricade intact at that point. <laughs> um, and you know through all of this, they were successful in protecting their land. No golf course was built. They never. Oh, I just logged me out. Oh, you fucked oh, up. Oh no, no. They like they they protected their land. They were able to prevent that basically their graveyard from being smushed schmoosed schmoosed um and it also made not made it it inspired a lot of other indigenous communities to stand up and exercise their their rights to understand that i mean that's they can good. protest stuff and um that they as, can protest stuff and get shot about it afterwards yeah, when there's a stand down they were successful yeah in like the the key takeaway from this is they still had their sacred land That's and now true. it's protected yeah. they federally did. they did hold on to it it's shitty that it had to go through all of this so, so many stupid. people injured and hurt and so so many rights just taken completely away upon from to make this happen because it should be a no-brainer yeah oh there's an there's a native american land it looks like it's not my land to build condos maybe on. i shouldn't touch it god terrible i feel like white people never really grasped that aspect like the whole this doesn't belong to you <laughs> let's leave Have you it ever alone. been in a kindergarten <laughs> god it's just like that was never they never grasped it when they were like six years old so they're like oh this yeah that's mine no it's not it is now still isn't it still is not yours oh uh. goodness so this went a little bit quicker. I still have more. I'm not done. Yeah, you're good. But it went a little bit. Little I'm bit still intrigued by the girl with the kid. Yeah, yeah, because I got to tie that picture in yeah, finally. Yeah. So that was all. That was all the background. Okay. Of the, the whole. It's called the, um, Oka crisis, but the Mohawk people who were involved in it call it the Mohawk resistance. So okay. I wanted to air to that yeah, side. I mean, it's the mo. It's the Mohawk resistance. Wow, I can't believe you're choosing the right kind of bias. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see. So, obviously, this stuff happens. There, there were. I, I was reading some articles on some of the defenders nowadays, like a month ago, which was really cool. Actually, for the, I think it was July 11th was the 30 year anniversary mm -hmm. um, of it, and they interviewed two people from the other side of it. One of them was still active in um, land disputes. The other one, um, he was really messed up by this. He has some serious PTSD. And when the Black Lives Matter stuff all started happening, he 100% saw the same tactics, the same information, the same... It was, it was a repeat of what was happening at this resistance. And, and just he was outlining the comparisons. Really good article. Um, so this ended up... Two people passed away during this event. And it lasted for 78 days. Oh, wow. It was a really, like, over three months. No, over two months. Almost, like, two and a half months. Okay. Of this resistance. <clears throat> Let's see. So, that picture, in that picture, the older gal was, uh, I looked up how to pronounce these so I wouldn't be totally awful. Hey, it was, we're learning. Yeah. Uh, Wayneke Hornmiller. She was 14. And the little girl was her half-sister, which, if I showed you how it was spelled, you wouldn't know how to spell it. Everyone wouldn't know how to say it. Like, it's it's intense. But it's uh, Gunyadio Horn. 
And she was four. How do you spell it? K-A-N-I-E-H-T-I-I-O. I would I would have gotten it right, honestly. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) Definitely. So they they were present during the entire like event, even though they were so young. Their mother was fairly active in it. Their father was extremely active in it. Um, Obviously, they were living in the area and they had to go through the barricades just to go to school. Mm. Like they would be on a school bus and have to go through a military blockade and just just to like get to school. And a lot of times they were hassled and given a lot of crap. Um, So on the last day, there was a meeting with the community and the women decided that they would be the ones to walk out first. They were going to just walk out, be peaceful and end the standoff. And, you know, it was great. After a few minutes, uh, violence broke out. (laughs) <laughs> Even though it's a uh, just, you know, it was great. <laughs> it was great. So people kind Fun of was had by all. There was a military blockade. There was a media blockade. And basically the goal was to get to the def- from the defender blockade to the media blockade. We'll just run. Stay calm. People are going to be antsy. But nobody knows how. But violence started. People started running. People were being tackled back and forth. Um, this was really when because th- this was the first like. Okay, everybody's supposed to be standing down. Let's just go. Mm-hmm. Like this is our peaceful thing. If they respond in a, you know, peaceful kind, it'll be good. Then but good. they don't. If they don't, then it get it gets violent. But as long as we're peaceful, they'll be peaceful. That's the idea. And of course, yeah, people started getting tackled. Um, people started running away. Um, they were basically dodging people trying to get to the media blockade. She was holding the four-year-old uh, half sister. And she recognizes one of the soldiers at the media blockade because he was somebody who had hassled her about going to school like a couple weeks before and out through one of the blockades. And uh, she points to him holding, you know, the half sister and says, I know you. And right then she gets <laughs> let me let me make sure I'm getting everything right before I continue here. <laughs> yeah, she said, I know you. And at that point, she was hit in the chest and somebody swept her legs out from under her. What? And she smacked the back of her head on the concrete. What, what, what was the justification? Who did it? No, they never figured out who did it. She, they just, she pointed, and maybe that was it. Maybe he was thinking, yeah. get him. It's not a good justification. Yeah. It's not a good justification at all. Because she just recognized this dude. So her, yeah, yeah smack down. And she's 14. She's 14. Yeah. God, dude. I just, I can't grasp how... Fucking dumb people are. <laughs> Stupid. Literally all the time. Now, Myself see. included. Well, yeah, we're pretty dumb, <laughs> but at least we're aware of it. But I'm not going to shoot somebody if they fucking point at me. Yeah. Especially if they're a child. <laughs> I mean, they didn't shoot at her. They just beat Well, yeah, yeah, but... Just hit her in the chest. So they... She was able to keep hold of her, of her sister, and she's out of it now, obviously. And someone, never know, never figured out who... One, just a soldier... Or maybe even not a soldier, who knows, dragged her like on the ground while holding the kid to their mother, who was nearby, who was like they were walking, oh, okay. they got separated, okay. dragged I her this to was... the media barricade. Okay. I thought that this was headed in the wrong direction. It's like some fucking like officer comes over and just drags her. I was like, oh my God, dude. Well, uh, at that point, after they were reunited with their mother, uh, they were incarcerated what? in a temporary holding facility. With all the other people who were being tackled and dragged away. Oh, my God. Um, it took 22 hours before she was able to see a doctor. But when she was kind of dragged away she 
and they were incarcerated. She looks and her shirt is just soaked in blood. Fuck. She looks under her shirt and there's a huge gash. What? Out of it. Like huge, huge laceration. And with like chunks missing, like yeah. really bad. Yeah. A lot of blood. It took 22 hours to see a doctor. Jesus. While incarcerated, which is Good ridiculous. <laughs> she, uh, the doctor saw her and said, you've been bayoneted. Oh, she got bayoneted fuck. in the chest. Oh my God. He said that if the bayonet was a centimeter, any other direction, she, it would have pierced her heart and she would have died. Oh my God, dude. That's insane. Like, it was so close to death. Um, yeah, they were, they were all put on a bus and like carted away. And uh, she, she eventually went on to actually compete in the Olympics. She won really? gold medals from the Pan Am Games. Like... She was extremely active in Native Affair, Native in uh, Indigenous People Affairs, yeah. and Good catch. the what's the? Uh, no, there's a specific one I'm trying to think of, but I can't remember. It's about the Indigenous women who go missing. Have you heard oh, of that stuff? Yeah. That awful. Yeah, a lot of the stuff, stuff that's going on in Canada, right? And the U.S. And in, in the Indigenous US. women true, are yeah. go missing at an astounding rate. Oh, what is there's it? There's no investigation, but the the board. The like group that was that's in charge of investigating that and kind of pushing that forward. She was in charge of it for a while. Or she was the the speaker for a while, I guess, of it. But Native Women's Wilderness? No. Uh, uh I just searched missing indigenous women. Uh so she she ended up she's, you know, still alive, obviously, because this was the nineties. I'm used to talking about people who have been dead for a hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, her sister, the four-year-old, who I, I was reading from her point of view, some interviews and stuff, great interviews on these two women, like totally worth looking at, uh, looking at them up. Mm-hmm. Um, but she ended up becoming an, a pretty famous actor. Uh, she was Tannis on Letterkenny. Oh. The the little oh. four-year-old girl. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she's gotten awards for for a lot of her roles. That are much more famous than that, but this is the one that I recognize her from. Is she's Tannis? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. Just weird connection. I'm impressed. Yeah. Like. Holy shit. Fuck that's Canada. <laughs> like, she's a badass. Yeah, she is. She, she survived the Mohawk resistance. When her, like the way that she was being held, she was damn near close to getting bayoneted herself. Uh, she's as also a four-year-old. Sometimes referred to as Teo Horn. Yes. Damn, that's impressive. Good for her. Yeah, uh, it's it's really cool. There there was just a connection on the picture that I saw. It was um, kind of the basic story of this lady got bayoneted and that little girl that she's holding, or, and she went on to win gold medals and that girl she's holding ended up being Tannis from Letterkenny. Out of all of the like uh, achievements that she's had, that was the one on that post, of course. But yeah, it's kind of a, kind of a cool her. thing. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was really, really cool. Then of course, on this topic of shitty thing people have done to indigenous people, literally happens everywhere and it's awful. But if you're, if you're looking for more stuff now that we're at the end of the season, um, MFM just did a, an episode on the starlight tours. Have you guys ever heard of that? Mm -mm. No. Uh, so that was basically a bunch of cops in a town in Canada would pick up indigenous people drive them out to the middle of nowhere, kick them out of their car, and drive back to town. Oh, Jesus. So they just found corpses the on the fuck? side of the road. What the fuck is wrong with people? And uh, I I should have listened to the whole episode. It's mostly a rundown I got from my wife. 
My wife. <laughs> I hate myself because I can't say my wife anymore, seriously. But, uh, yeah, and they, they ended up, like, the Wikipedia page for the Starlight Tours keeps getting taken down or changed in non-factual ways. I'm pretty sure a lot of the people got away with it. Oh, Jesus. Pretty much everybody. Like, it's it's awful. Just tons of people were killed this way. Um, Jensen and Holes, another podcast, did a really good um, podcast on the indigenous women going missing. They have a really good one there. If you've never heard of the Jensen and Holes podcast, I only listened to the first season. And they did... I think it's Paul Holes or it's the other guy, Jensen. One of them are the is the guy who caught the Golden State Killer, who came up with the let's do familial DNA and figure out who the Golden State Killer is, which is awesome. So they ha- he has a podcast, and they yeah they talk about the indigenous women going missing. They talk about the reasons why, the breakdowns in law enforcement because one of them's one of them's an ex detective, the other one is like a journalist. Mm-hmm. So it, it has a really good connection on they understand that shit is underreported in the media and detectives don't do their jobs all the time and cops are shit. So it's really good. At least that first season, I didn't really get back into their second season. But they're good too. Um, but... Wasn't wasn't there an actor that got, like, big time involved with all that? Golden State Killer? It was, uh... Oh, yes. The dude from King of Queens. Why can't I are think of his sure? name? Not, not Kevin James. He's in the show. It's, uh... I don't remember who, but they there were up. there were a lot of like top players, like celebrities and shit that got into raising awareness for what familial DNA does, which is awesome. Patton Oswalt. Oh yes, he was outspoken his wife, about that. His wife was killed by them by the Golden State Killer, I believe. Was it? I think she? so. You probably looked that up. I'm looking, but from what I remember, I I thought she wrote a book about it. I know that she. I remember. Geez, I I could be completely wrong because I can't remember. Stupid ads. Uh, I remember something to the effect of like, she because she did write a book about him. Let me find out. I will. I'm find pretty out sure she her. wasn't killed by him. I don't know. Because then I, she couldn't write that book. It's all, canon. Like it's a it's canon. Officially. Oh, it's canon now. So, um, Gunyu Dio, I might be saying that wrong. It could be Tio. I found it online. So it's Gunny Dio said that the Mohawk resistance was a very important step in a 500-year struggle. And she basically advocated for don't just look at this one event as we won. Look at all that we've lost in the last 500 yeah. years and how we should continue with that. And, you know, personally, as I was saying earlier, it's important that we discuss and we discuss this stuff to bring awareness to that this shit is happening and that, you know, makes a small step towards hopefully preventing this from happening again. By the way, I fact-checked myself, and she just died peacefully in her sleep. <laughs> she was not killed by... I didn't think so, because he was retired by then. I don't know if... The East Area Rapist, you mean? ...can retire. <laughs> I mean, if you're too old to stab somebody... You still don't know. They definitely retire. That's fair. Especially when they get dementia. <laughs> <laughs> and they forget that they've ever done it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, bring this shit up. Talk about it. Talk about the horrible things that have happened, even though it's a Debbie Downer. Yeah, I mean, it it makes sense. Like, yeah, you're making this progress. Yes, things are finally going in the right direction. But that doesn't mean that, like, 
the job's done. It only takes one angry man with small fingers to set the world back 20 years. I'd say a lot more than 20. <laughs> yeah. In different fields, different lengths yeah. of time. But yeah, it's it's true. Like, progress, just because it's worked, doesn't mean that it will mm-hmm. always continue. It's, yeah. you have to progress is hard. work. Yeah. You have to fight for every inch. Yeah. Especially with three me. of them. With, All three with of AJ. them. Um, but to regress is easy. Yeah. You don't even have to try, and, and all of society will slide backwards. Oh, uh, Lord. Oh, that's a happy episode. Yeah. <laughs> Merry uh, Christmas to all, and Merry. No, why is it Christmas? Jesus. Merry Xmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all the holidays. And if you don't celebrate Boxing any Day. of them, thank you. Yeah, and. It's been a it's been a really big year for the for the peepee. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Things we've, uh, we've, we've taken off. We're fourteen billion listeners. Yep. Seventeen thousand subscribers. We are the presidents. <laughs> We're the presidents. But yeah, a uh, big shout out to everyone that's listened. Um, of course, everybody who tweets. Yeah. Messages. Yeah. Sends us underground out. techno bands. It's been a it's been a good Gives good third season. Show so. suggestions. Yes, thank you so much for everybody's support. Um, two quick things that we have not addressed: we will be having a live stream on or around Christmas Day, December twenty fifth. That's what I meant, Xmas Day. Jesus Christ. Are you okay? I've been too fucking locked in my house lately, man. Like, <laughs> my brain is just shit. It's melting out of my ears. Uh, we will very likely be doing an Xmas special, a live stream. Um, we were thinking the 24th, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, 23rd or 24th, if I am will- if if I were to bet. Yeah, uh, so keep your eyes open for our posts. Oh, yeah, and we'll try to do it early enough that people outside of the United States can tune in. Yes, yes, exactly that. We're looking at you, Norway. Um, and January 11th will be the start of Isn't that the 13th? season four. No. Oh, it was the 13th yeah. this year. 13th, yeah, in 2020. January 11th, 2021, we will be back in full stride with a new season. Yeah, so, and if you if you miss out, if you miss us, which you don't, but if you do... We'll have sloppy seconds throughout the break. Yeah, we're going to post a couple of those, probably one every week. They're just short little 10-minute things. But if you want more, find us on Patreon. Uh, we have, fuck, how many? Like 18? Yeah. Uh, 17? There will be uh, more when this comes out or whatever. Yeah. Oh, and uh, we got some big stuff coming next year. Yes. We're hoping to interview people. Yeah. Hopefully do some interviews. <laughs> you know, just, we'll just like for fun, shoot the shit kind of thing. Nothing, nothing like intense we're not going to be boring interviews we're mostly it's just getting guests on the show to come and talk about the soviet union we're not going to interview anyone until we get jeff bezos on here to explain his taxes that's what i want oh i can explain his taxes (laughs) no i want him on here defending himself without security yeah (laughs) pee on him but (laughs) fine like like aj said if you want more fucking content you want to hear us shoot the shit and talk about whatever the hell we want you want to hear about we already do these childhood almost getting molested multiple times what hmm Uh, well yeah 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 if you want to hear that then by all means check out our our patreon um also huge shout out to our now six 
Patreon Ooh, subscribers. Yeah. We're growing. So we got Nordic Thunder. Thank you. Of course. Sweet Tea, Dark Runner, Haley, Fantastic. Casey, McFacey. It's okay. And you're not going to believe me on this one, but D's Nuts. I Ooh. did not. That is not my account. That is not. I, I am not it. paying for my own podcast. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you guys. It is much appreciated and it helps out uh, quite a bit, actually. It really does. We're so, gonna we're gonna upgrade the studio yeah, soon. Boom! Pretty I'm soon. excited. It'll be a a high rise. More in, foam in New York City. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> but yeah, thanks again, everybody. If you ever want to just shoot us show ideas or tag us in memes, weird little articles, just open discussion. Send us memes, music, movies, whatever the fuck you want, as long as it's not. Dick pics. dick pics. Send it our way. Anything if you want to send a dick pic or two, go for it. I appreciate it. But if you send us any dick pics. Just make sure it's not weird. We own the copyright to that and we can do whatever we want. We own it. your genitalia. Yes. So, so you know, that's a that's a binding verbal contract <laughs> that you're making with us now. But yeah, uh, if you don't know where to find us, it's at points o pressure on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, keep an eye out for our live stream announcements. We'll catch you guys in January 2021, baby. We made it. Yeah. Peace out, lovers.